Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Dan is scheduled today for a follow-up of his type 2 diabetes, hypertension, and hyperlipidemia. He was initially happy with his improvements in weight and A1C after starting metformin and making some dietary changes. He promises you that he eats really healthy, but over the last few months, he's found he can no longer lose weight or get his A1C to go down. Your history reveals he's eating large portions and often eats quickly, sometimes in front of the television. What can you do to help him? Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And joining me to discuss type 2 diabetes and weight loss is Jill Terrian, nurse practitioner and director of the MP programs in the Graduate School of Nursing at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Hi, Jill. Hi, Frank. So, Dan and his weight. Yeah, so this is, I would say, is this a typical patient, Frank? Absolutely. How about for you? Um, yes, it, it definitely can be, and I'm really interested in hearing what you have to add to his, you know, he sounds like he's really trying to do a good job. Well, he's got, he's got a number of hurdles. So he um, eats large meals, he tends to eat fast, he doesn't pay attention, and um, he's, he's got uh, quite a few challenges to try to get things under control, and, and I think he's pretty common. We know that uh, overweight and obese folks are at higher risk for type 2 diabetes and all their subsequent complications. And medication alone can only mitigate that risk a small amount. We have to help people change their behavior. And uh, Dan's definitely one who's been trying, but it seems like we have to find some new ways to help him. So yeah, you mentioned his challenges. Mm -hmm. What what are you going to start with at this visit? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is look at how he's eating and see what might be available to address it. Uh, I think with most patients who possibly overeat, um, the first thing I tend to focus on is helping them be fine, mindful of their eating habits. Um, he says he's eating healthy, but when you get down to quantify things with him, he's eating very large portions. Um, and what he defines as healthy or what other things tell him are healthy may not be healthy for him. They're certainly not going to help him lose weight. So um, I think that's the first thing I want to do is talk about where he eats, when he eats, how he eats, um, portion control. There are a variety of ways to address portion control. Um, one is to help him get a smaller plate and just put one serving of food on it, not stack it as high as he can, and, and try to just focus on that. Try to keep uh, half of his calories um, from coming from carbohydrates and no more. And, and tell him to eat slowly. Try have him put down his fork and spoon after each bite, not sit in front of the TV, his laptop, his phone, but to, to really savor the food that he's eating. Um, the other option is, since he eats large portions, is he probably eats fast because he's not paying attention, and it takes a while for him to feel full. And one way to address this is to um, try to find uh, ways to in increase fiber before he eats. This will help him feel full quicker. And there's a variety of other 
theories about the role of fiber and weight loss that are, are very positive. So I think those two key things are, are most important in helping him lose weight. Be more mindful of how he eats to help him have better portion control, better ability to push away his plate, and introduce fiber before he eats. Well, that, that all sounds great, and it sounds like a lot of... Um you know, a lot of good things for him to take away from the visit today. I particularly like the fact of the smaller plate, but I also like when you talk about two-thirds, you know, not being the carbohydrate intake, right? So sometimes I have patients visualize their plate mm -hmm. and say, what does it look like? And it should have, you know, the vegetables and the fiber and everything on two-thirds of the plate. That's and, a great idea. And the protein. Um, I'm interested in the fiber and also his large uh, portion sizes and I'm wondering how many meals does he eat a day because maybe you can also break those up into six smaller meals. I think it's very common for people who um, are trying to uh, lose weight to quote skip breakfast. They'll, they'll snack throughout the morning. Um, they'll think they're having a salad for lunch will be good but they'll get no protein and then they'll snack throughout the afternoon and then eat a large portion right before bedtime all the opposite things so you're a hundred percent right we need to help him plan out his meals much better so that he's getting regular exposure to protein fat and carbohydrate and six small meals is a fantastic way to do it so tell me more about the fiber I mean, when we think about fiber, some patients, you know, we have to talk to them about constipation as well, right? That's one of the one of the side effects, especially if they're not taking enough fluid. So tell us how you can introduce fiber and help Dan. So um, I I, uh, I was discussing Dan with a dietitian friend, and um, she told me about this randomized control trial where they had folks consume 10 grams of psyllium fiber. So psyllium is a uh, uh, soluble fiber. It, it comes from the plantago plant and it comes as psyllium husks or psyllium powder. And in this study they took obese patients and they had them uh, in the intervention group they had them take seven grams of psyllium um, before lunch and three and a half grams of psyllium before dinner each with uh, a large glass of water. And they just followed them forward over eight weeks time. And uh, they gave them a little bit of dietary counseling saying, you know, no more than 55% of your calories should come from carbohydrate, get adequate fat um, and adequate protein. That was it. They did not focus at all on the dietary changes. And what they found is that at, at eight weeks, the average weight loss was around six and a half pounds. Not only that, they decreased their BMI, they decreased their waist circumference, and they decreased the metabolic uh, parameters that we follow with, with diabetes, including A1C levels, insulin levels, C-peptide levels, and HOMA levels. So this was a very simple real-world intervention that I love because it was, it was, there was very little risk. Um, it allowed people to pretty much continue with their dietary patterns as long as they took the psyllium beforehand and drank enough water so they didn't get constipated from it. And, and it, it provided a good outcome. So uh, I like this intervention, and I think it's something that most patients, especially those who overeat, can really benefit from. That sounds great. So how would they go about getting psyllium? So like I said, psyllium comes in two forms. It comes in the husk form and the powder form. The, the powder form is more dense, and so um, you can get it as a powder, and very commonly available brand-named 
Uh, stool softeners contain, mostly contain psyllium. You, you've seen them on the shelves and heard their advertisements on television. Uh, but that normally requires two, three, four teaspoons of this powder a day, which many people don't find palatable. The other way they come is in capsule form. And you might have to, to get, um, to get at this amount of fiber, you might have to have six or 10 capsules with a large glass of water. But um, it's much easier to take. People find it much, much more acceptable. And um, it doesn't require drinking anything gritty or artificially flavored. And they're very, very reasonable. You can buy 200 of them for $7 at most um, local pharmacies. So um, I would suggest, if you wanted to go this route, um, I would suggest him buying some psyllium powder capsules um, and convert it so he's getting around uh, five to seven grams before his midday meal and another three to four before his evening meal, drink a great deal of water and remind him of the side effects. The side effects um, tend to be constipation if he's not drinking adequate water and it can cause gas. And so you have to kind of warn them that they need to not jump to this total, but gradually increase over time. That's great, That's great, Frank. And it sounds like it's a, you know an, an intervention that could pro possibly have a very great benefit for Dan overall. So um, you've given him some great advice today and probably something he, if he's, you know, he have him engaged. He's telling you he's doing, you know, all these things. So you're tweaking what he's doing and the outcome could be of great benefit to him. I often tell people who are trying to lose weight that it took them a while to gain a great deal of weight. So it's going to take a great deal of time to try to undo some of that damage. And this is just one more tool plus the mindfulness uh, that can really help. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, Jill. Join us next time when we discuss the role of statins and their lack of evidence in the primary prevention of atherosclerotic disease. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the Resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME accredited activities now available on PrimeMed.com.